0: Welcome to the Pit Stop Podcast, your fast-paced podcast for Formula One news and analysis. Throughout the Formula One season, we will be recapping every race as well as breaking down the biggest stories on and off the track, all before setting you up for the next race on the Formula One schedule. Whether you're a seasoned Formula One fan or you have just discovered the rush of racing, this podcast has something for you. Okay, here we go. All right, welcome back to the Pit Stop Podcast. I'm Braden Dollar Coltman. I'm joined by Jordan Dollar Coltman and Tyler Walzak. Another exciting race in Saudi Arabia. Uh, this race almost didn't happen, and at the uh, 11th hour, we had uh, a decision to go ahead after some uh, attacks or some missile, errant missiles. I don't even know what you guys want to call this, but uh, there was some. Um, extracurricular activity before this race happened that, uh, that put it up in the air for happening. And then they decided, they all decided it was going to happen. And we had a, uh, a finish that saw uh, Max Verstappen back up in first with uh, the two Red Bulls finishing second and third. Tyler, I'll, uh, I'll let the you get right Ferraris. to it, man.
1: The two Ferraris. What did I say? Red Bulls. <laughs> they are red
0: they are red (laughs) three red teams finishing on pole at the race red bull in first uh we think we i mean thought we were going to see perez i'll let you guys get to that uh you know he had a fantastic race and we just saw one minor mistake uh i mean but how do you even know when a yellow flag comes in say Uh, you
2: can't even really call that a mistake like perez did what what he thought he had to do based on what he saw Ferrari doing. They saw the guys in Ferrari come out of the pit and Perez said, all right, fine, let's do the exact same thing. Let's do it. And because he was in first of the time he went in first, Leclerc obviously played that mind game where, okay, you go in, we stay out and we'll just see what happens. Um, and it, it, it worked for Ferrari backfired for Perez and it sucks for Perez. And it was tough to watch for Perez because you've got to think like as much as you hate for Stappen on Red Bull or as much as I hate for Stappen on Red Bull, it's kind of bittersweet
0: when Perez does well. Jordan, thoughts on this race? Uh, Max and Leclerc, is this something that we're going to see now kind of taking the place of Max and Lewis?
1: Certainly has become that, and I would anticipate for a good portion of this season that's exactly what we should be expecting. Uh, the big question mark with Mercedes is can they turn around their poor performance, and if they can't, then yeah, this is this should be the matchup moving forward down down throughout the season. That's, they are obviously each of their two respective teams' number one drivers, you know, at uh, uh, the senior drivers there having both been there longer than their teammates. Um, but I would say both of those two teams have shown their cars are fast, and if their team Teammates can continue to push. We could see Carlos signs, get up on some podiums. And I have a, I have a feeling that it's not going to just be a clear cut two guys run away this season, quite like it was last year. Um, I do think that a few more drivers will stay within striking distance. And depending on how some results shake out, we could have, you know, maybe a three or four way battle through parts of the season. I don't know if it'll stay that competitive the whole way, but it'd be fun if it did.
0: Uh, just so great to see what the cars are able to do in terms of, uh, you know, re overtaking. um, And, and, you know, oftentimes we just saw these cars overtake and then just take off and we would never see an actual battle take place. Um, One of the battles that we did see kind of happen and, and didn't know if it was going to be a, a huge detriment to them, but uh, the Alpine battle in terms of uh, seeing what O'Connor and Fernando Alonso had, I know Elliot was dying to find out what was happening, uh, what was happening on the Hatchet episode with, with that battle. Um, Tyler, what, what's your take on this? Was this, is this just, uh, you know, uh, is it, is it fair game for the, both these guys? Is there a clear one, two or, I don't.
2: I don't think there is a clear one too. I don't think there's a clear one too in Ferrari. I don't think there's a clear one too at Alpine. And and I actually kind of think that this battle to start off the race between Ocon and Alonso was. It might have been the best overall moment of the weekend because the the announcers were on point with their their uh, play-by-play analysis, calling the, the race director for Alpine and being like, what, what's going on? Why are you letting these guys race? And to him, give the credit to the team directors for being like, you know what, we're going to let them race. They'll figure out who's the fastest car, and then we will step in and we will uh, assert team directives and and what we want to do. And the fact that they let those two guys race and those two guys kept it clean the entire time, that was like – 10 out of 10, A-plus by every, everybody in F1 at that moment for just for just letting those guys race, figure out who's better, and then team directive after that.
0: Jordan?
1: Sure. Yeah, I agree. It was a lot of fun to watch. Tyler, I think, uh, hit the nail on the head. It was probably the most exciting part of the weekend, um, definitely the most exciting part of the Sunday uh, race-wise, although I will say Max and, and, and Charles also did give us a great battle near the end of the race. We can get to that. But yeah, as far as this one, it was interesting because it was the first time this season we have had two teammates go at each other this aggressively. This is something that we've seen in the past with other competitive teams, uh, you know, Red Bull, when uh, it was Max and Daniel Ricciardo, they would often have these head-to-head battles as the two drivers tried to sort of sort out who who was the dominant guy there. We've seen it with the Ferraris a couple of years ago. Um, so every once in a while, you get one of these head-to-head team battles. And oftentimes it's when sort of egos flare. I don't think that was the case here. I sincerely think, although both these drivers are competitive guys and wanted the position, I think they also were just uh, recognizing that, you know, they were racing each other. They were racing for position. They had put themselves through a great qualifying uh, on Saturday. And as a result, this is where they found themselves in the grid and early part of this race. They had to compete with each other. I think, uh, and as, as Tyler mentioned, uh, Ottmeyer, the the team principal for Alpine, was on the broadcast there, and it sounded like, you know, there was some form of plan where they were going to let these two guys go at each other for a little while. But there was also a point where that became a detriment to their team because it allowed Alfa Romeo and, and Bottas to, to close a gap behind them, and eventually he overtook, I believe, both of them. Um, and as a result, you know, there would be questions, I'm sure, in the debrief about did we let this battle between each other go on a little too long and, and we'll see moving forward into the season. If this is something that kind of continues to, to simmer when they're with each other on track, it also, I think was a great signal. And this can be a segue towards another big part of the weekend, but it's just so exciting as Braden, you said to have these cars be able to fight the way that they're fighting against each other, not just following closely, which was a very big talking point of the new regulations, but more than that, it's allowing these cars to stay close even after being passed, even after burning off the, um, you know, the overtake button and the reserve battery and all of these tools that for all these years have been put in place to try to increase the competitiveness. It feels like it's all kind of culminated in these, these super competitive cars, not that every car is, at the same pace, but when they get close to each other, they seem to be able to have these kind of dogfight like um, battles. And that is a lot of fun to watch.
2: And, and it's not many teams out there where you can say that Ocon and, and Alonzo are one or two, like you could probably say that somebody is, but those two guys probably both believe that they're one a, and there's not a lot of other teams out there that would one, let them race the way they did. And two also not kind of know who is the alpha dog in that, in that uh, team.
0: Uh, did you guys hear the news around this marshal that got fired yeah. from the the race? Jordan, did you hear about this? So there was a a marshal at the race who who put out a tweet essentially stating that he hopes that Lewis Hamilton gets into a crash and 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 in a similar way to the Roman Grosjean said. Wow. like just just dreadful. But it also kind of spoke to the unsettledness of racing in Saudi Arabia. It felt like there was, there's just this Elliot spoke to it on the podcast at Hatrick. Uh, there's many human rights issues that go, that are, that are happening within this place. Um, you know, the, the missile attacks that we're starting to like that we that we saw before the race. Do, do you guys think that like, what do you, what, what's the take from this is, is this a safe place for these, this, these drivers to race? Obviously I know both of you are going to say cash is King. That is the biggest thing that, that F1 is focused around, but in terms of the safety of the drivers, in terms of, you know, it's, it it doesn't feel, I'm not confident that we're going to see Saudi Arabia moving forward.
2: Well, that's you cash is King, but not so much anymore considering what they did to the Russian Grand Prix. And, And a lot of these drivers, there was, I guess, uh, on Friday, talk about, there's so many things that happened before this race that almost made this race stop. Um, And it was a four-hour meeting between all the drivers. They kicked out all the team principals. They kicked out FIA and they said, let's just sit down as drivers and talk about, one, the missile that hit the building, the oil refinery 10 kilometers away. Two, let's talk about everything that's happening in Saudi Arabia from, like, they still use the death penalty. There's over 100 executions a year. They the war in Yemen that they're involved with, they they punish same-sex relations. They they crack down on academics and reformists and women's rights activists. And there's a ton of stuff that's not great happening in Saudi Arabia that these drivers all wanted to address. And then you, so you talk about that, race still happens. And then you go to the qualifying where Schumacher almost dies. And then, okay, race goes on, race goes on. And it's just like, there's so many things that almost made this not happen that it's almost surprising they got out scot free um in terms of of safety and hopefully everybody got out of there before something else happened because you don't know when there's an attack on one building you don't know what the motive is and yeah. you don't know if it could move over to the biggest thing that's happening in Saudi Arabia um but yeah hamilton said he just can't wait to go home he wants to get out of there he, he doesn't want to be there anymore so it was it was a race that almost didn't happen and it's a race that I don't know if it will happen they've signed on for i guess 15 15 more years or something like that but um i it looks like it's in doubt seriously. And just based on the track alone, safety um, you got to think that, that this might not happen next year. Uh,
0: So speaking of Hamilton, not at all where he's expecting to land uh, in the points, ending up with a one point and 10th position. He was, I think at one point in 12th, like completely out of the points He's still started 16th. It's it started 16th. Smiths missed, missed the final qualifying. That's right. Missed the second qualifying. Second didn't qualifying, even get out of quality one. So all this, like he's still slipping and sliding. They can't quite figure out the, the traction and the tires. Jordan, what is this just things to come here for Lewis Hamilton? Or are we gonna start to see him climb back up here in the points? At least uh, into where <laughs> he expects to be. Because George Russell seems to be all right, uh, yeah. you know, finishing fifth in this race and uh, towards the
1: top? I don't know. Uh, I, it, it's, I, I'm i very much now on the fence of trying to figure out exactly what they're going to do. I think we're about to see the biggest and most important uh, weekend weekend of the season so far will be Australia because it will be the first weekend that has had a break between the pre-season testing and these first two Grand prix. So there's been literally like three days in between the schedules for each of the first two Grand prix, And that involved traveling across countries. And so obviously as a result, very little, if any major um, upgrades could happen. You know, they made tweaks. They tried to increase downforce, they adjusted wing position, all those kind of things that you can do with the, sort of rig setup you have but this is the first opportunity two weeks uh sort of a two-week window i believe the race is like on the 8th of april so we, it'll be two mm-hmm. weekends from now and that allows um, mercedes at, to to go a little bit back to the factory and figure out what they want to try to do they've got we talked about this last week you know they've got two race worths of data now to go through and they will know a lot because they, as you said, saw very different performances out of two different cars. So they will have an idea of what worked for Russell. Can that work on Lewis's car? What was it driving style that made the difference? Was it la 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 la? And so they will have the opportunity to do that. The challenge they face is that as much as they are now trying to play catch up, they are chasing moving objects as well because Ferrari and Red Bull and everybody else in the field also has two weeks now to apply upgrades. And so that's how this, this is how this works. Now we have seen um, the teams like Mercedes in the past who have had slow starts have bounced back quickly because they have great infrastructure and great teams around them. But with these new regulations, I think the, the field has been leveled a little bit in terms of where you are and the challenge they have is they started on the back foot. I think they were hurt a little bit by the fight they had to take to Red Bull at the end of the season last year. But if you remember Lewis struggled at parts of last year too. They didn't have the pace as Red Bull throughout part of the summer. And then all of a sudden the pace came back with some changes they made. And he rattled off four or five wins in a row there to get to within a place where he was able to, to catch Max going into Abu Dhabi last year. So uh, it's very early. <laughs> it's a long season, longest it's ever had. I'm not sure I'm in a prediction business anymore, but I would say that <laughs> that uh, I, I I am eager to see what this uh, what Mercedes has up their sleeve because they've got they're going to throw they're going to throw everything they have at it, at it for sure. Yeah.
2: So Ferrari's been in this position before, like as most recently as like 2017, 2018. Like Vettel jumped out to an early mm-hmm. lead, but Mercedes just outdeveloped them. So there's lots yeah. of time for like Red Bull and Merck to figure this out. Like especially Merck, they right now they have the advantage of they got nothing to lose. Like they can make more adjustments based on it's not working now. So let's figure out how to make it work. Whereas Ferrari's kind of has to sit back. Just a little bit in the, at least in the back of the brain, don't you think? And go like, if it's not broken, don't fix it. Like, isn't that kind of an advantage for Mercedes being like, hey, we gotta get up there, do something, do everything? Where Ferrari and Red Bull can kind of be like, hey, we're up there, let's not,
1: let's not go crazy. We're yeah, voting. you don't want you don't want to develop yourself out of the advantage you have for sure. Yeah,
0: yeah. And it's great to see whatever happened to uh, both Red Bull cars last week. They sorted that out. Whatever the heck's happening to these cars when it comes to power engine failure as we saw in uh, a, a mclaren we saw in Alonso's alpine uh, latifi had a bad crash Albon got cut off by the terrible driver's stroll but what is happening with these engines that they just can't seem to finish <laughs> to finish the race
2: well that's the interesting thing is that yes it happened to red bull and uh their engine with especially with Alphatori as well last week and then this week uh, it completely different teams having engine problems, so I I I don't know if it's the engine or the fact that well, yes, the engine, but a cause of the new fuel might be these guys nice. trying to figure that out. But also on the side note, like is Latifi racing for fucking Red Bull? Like every time he gets in an accident, <laughs> they get the advantage. Like if I actually do believe that Charles Leclerc was going to pass for Stappen on that uh, lap out turn the straightaway. But he had to stop for a yellow flag because of Latifi again. I, I, I'm getting so was this also was this
0: also the reason that uh, Signs didn't get that position ahead of Verstappen? Was that the same yellow flag or was that a different one? Uh,
2: I get ahead of Perez or ahead of uh, Verstappen. He
0: was uh, Carlos Sainz was ahead of Verstappen. Perez. I thought it was Perez. Perez.
2: yeah, and but Perez, I guess it was coming to the line. That was a weird thing. Like that, that to go completely off the the current topic, but like. That's something that the FI they're letting these guys kind of figure out their own thing, but you can't pass somebody on a yellow car. So Perez passed signs, which was an issue, so he has to give that spot back, but he can't give that spot back until the yellow the yellow flag is gone. So they can't technically race anybody for an actual position until those two have sorted it out, but they didn't sort it out till like yeah, like twenty-five turns
1: later yeah that was a weird one that was one of those situations where because Carlos signs pitted uh, Perez had the opportunity to overtake him and he was certainly fighting for it. and I think the challenge Perez found himself in is he was just floor you know pedal to the floor coming to that line and obviously Carlos beat him to the to the signal line that dictates whether or not you're allowed to overtake under a safety car that was coming out of the pit he got to that line. A fraction of a second before him, but at full speed, there's no way Perez is going to then pull out of that. So he had to follow through with it. They did the right thing, obviously, as you say that he 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 conceded the the position upon the restart. Um, but yeah, but it was certainly... a detriment
2: to both of them because they couldn't like yeah, when the totally. green flag came back down, they couldn't go full full. Yeah, no, totally. They know what position they're in?
1: Totally. Yeah, it was a weird one for sure. And 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 um, you referenced it a little earlier too, Braden. But we did have a couple really interesting you know, sort of narratives come out of um, the stoppages. Obviously yeah. the first crash allowed uh, um, that, that sort of, I don't know, not, not a mix up, but, but the, the double bluff from Ferrari where they, they convinced Perez to pit and they chose not to. And he kind of got caught because of, uh, during literally during his outlap, the, the crash occurred and then they were behind a safety car that bunched everybody up and everybody got a free stop while he was, well, he had already stopped prior to that and lost, didn't get to gain the position back. And then obviously at the end of the race, when we had both um, Alonso and Daniel Ricardo's cars, fail um daniel ricardo unfortunately trying to limp home failed right in the pit lane and he did so right as lewis hamilton was coming around the final corner and they closed the pit lane it was no longer safe for lewis to d- duck in under the virtual safety car and obviously the virtual safety car is a whole different strategy because he you could just have, have ducked to, in. well he felt he was i think to be honest there's a, there's a factor as to why he didn't he probably no, could year, have right? ducked in and it was last it was year last he got right. caught crossing the line when it wasn't open and i think that was in his head it was in Mercedes' head. And if you listen to the radio call, they did instruct him to come in. But you look at exactly where he was on the track. <laughs> yeah. He was, so,
2: was on turn two. Going, yeah, it guys, it's, it's way it was too never going to happen. And so you yeah.
1: kind of just, that's just a misfortune, unfortunately, but the, you know, the virtual safety car by the way it's designed allows those guys to get a free pit stop. And he just didn't benefit from that, unfortunately. And that cost him a lot. Cause I believe at that point he was in either sixth or seventh, and he ended up just finishing in 10th as a result of it. He had no chance to kind of fight back. Whereas yeah. Madison who he was chasing got a free pit stop out of it. Right. So it was, it was a, definitely a frustrating day for a few of those drivers when it came to how the flags came out, but you don't control that. That's part of, that is part of racing and all those protocols were followed correctly. Uh, and that's yeah. why, you know, this is what we'd, we wish had happened last year, but this year they've followed them pretty, pretty closely uh, so far and, and, and it'll continue to be part of the, part of the narrative. You can lead a race all the way to the end. If, if uh, one of those situations, you just can't control what other cars are going to do around you.
2: Yeah. And that was that honestly, that move with Ferrari, getting everybody out of the pits and to have Leclerc come in first, just to kind of undercut Perez. To then have Red Bull say, come in, come in, they're undercutting us, they're undercutting us, and then staying out there was such an awesome move. Like, and it was nothing that Red Bull could do. Like, it was just bad luck of the draw after that. And honestly,
1: that's the kind of thing we have seen in the past, Red Bull be. Incredibly good at yeah. against Mercedes and against 100%. teams they've raced. They are one of those strategy teams that often plays the double bluff, plays these pit strategies, undercuts teams. And this year, with these new tires that they are struggling on, and with the sort of volat- volatility of the durability of these cars, I think we will continue to see pit stop strategy become more and more of a factor. Which is great if you're if you're a fan of the sport from the perspective of it's up for for grabs here.
2: Now i can't to go on to that like I can't figure out, and i I tried to do a little bit of research on it, but I couldn't and I still don't know is nobody used the soft tires, no. and I know that like this race maybe it wasn't meant to be used for that, but Hamilton came in with on lap forty, I believe when he actually needed to get off his hard tires that he' was been on all race, and I'm going he's going to go soft, he's going go soft and be faster than everybody else, like this actually might be a good thing where he can gain another like four or five places, but he didn't go on the soft, he went on the medium, and I just i it made me go like is there something wrong with these soft tires? Does nobody trust these soft tires yet? I, I, I don't know the answer to it, but it's been something I've been thinking about. Oh, too much yeah. today. Well,
1: if you look at, if you look at both the, the times and also the results of both the free practices on Friday and the practice prior to qualifying, multiple teams ran the softs and did not feel like they were a competitive tire. They were degrading way too fast. And I mm-hmm. think that that is going to be a trend. These soft tires with the, just the way these tire compounds are built this season. Um, I don't think that Pirelli has perfected the, the compound themselves. They seem to be very fragile. And I think that that was the concern. Um, it was a hot track, even in the evening. Uh, and they just felt like they didn't have comp- uh, like a competitive place. Even as you say, he, he only had a few laps left. But I don't think that they were comfortable with what that car, I, I think they thought they would just be slipping and sliding around on them, honestly.
2: Now is that a disadvantage to F one and the spirit of racing? Instead of having three compounds, where there's really fast, medium, and slower, now it's just two. You're just on the mediums and the the harder tires, which go longer but are slower. Like there is an advantage when guys get onto those softs, and you saw it all the time yeah. in the past. You are just like, hey, I'm gonna go and get the fastest lap. Just put on some soft tires. If that's not an option anymore,
1: is, well, isn't I, that I, like?
2: Don't they have to well, figure that out for
1: rather quickly? For sure, for sure. And again, I think I said this. I can't remember if I said it last week or two weeks ago, but I think these new tires, these new cars, the new regulations, all of this is going to take some time for the teams to figure out. And I think eventually they will get all of it kind of working together. I think right now we're just starting to see the weak links in the in the overall chain when we start racing in Europe and the temperatures come down, we're no longer in the desert and we're competing in some different climates, the tires are going to, the tire strategy will, will, I think will flip completely and we'll see completely different ideas of how it works. And that may go to what your point is. It may increase the competitiveness and the different strategy with race risk tires right now. Currently it feels like the biggest strategy piece is the pit stops themselves. Is it a two stop, three stop race? When we get to having all three tires being available, maybe that'll change. Okay, I want to talk about something else that was in the news, F1 related this week, that didn't necessarily have to do with the Saudi Arabia Grand Prix specifically, but okay. we've talked at length on this show, we talked about it the other night on Hattrick, and everybody's talking about it right now, obviously F1 is exploding in popularity, especially in North America, and it was announced Um, just this week that formula one is adding is going to be adding a third American race to the next season schedule. So obviously this year they've added their, their second American race. We'll be seeing them race in Miami, uh, in may that's the debut of the Miami grand prix. So that complements the austin race which was the the um, usa grand prix or the american grand prix i think it's called um but that has been i think around for like 12 or 15 years so we're gonna have two races this year which is awesome we obviously have the canadian grand prix we have the mexican grand prix but they're going to add a third race next season to the 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 north american schedule and it will be in las vegas on american thanksgiving weekend so it is going to be a huge spectacle um they're literally going to race down and through the las vegas strip it's going to be i'm sure just an unbelievable spectacle and it sounds like f1 and the executives are already having and this goes back to your conversation about will we see the saudi arabian grand prix stick around there are so many places now that are looking at ways to bring formula one to their country to their cities because they see the economic value of it and all that and it's going to make it i think harder and harder on countries like saudi arabia that have these you know, very complicated narratives uh, to continue to be justifiable when there's all these other options. Right. And, and, you know, um, the CEO of F1 came out and told sky sports that, you know, they're looking at Africa, the one continent they've never been on. They could go to Johannesburg. They could go to somewhere in like Egypt or Northern Africa. Um, There's talk of maybe even adding an additional U S Grand Prix in New York um, and looking at another way to bring more of it here. Obviously, for local Vancouver as two of us, of the three of us are uh we've got the, uh the formula E coming this summer. We've got racing becoming more and more popular. I just think it's awesome to hear that that's happening and to see that it's happening. And I don't know about you guys, but like, are we going to Vegas next Thanksgiving?
0: Fuck uh, yes. F one and NFL.
2: That Dude, sounds that's like Tyler's already <laughs> my favorite weekend. Thanksgiving weekend with the lions playing on Thursday is already my favorite weekend. So then you t- we're talking about, we can watch, Lions game at somewhere like at a pool on Thursday, <laughs> and then pool. Friday go to practice, Saturday go to qualifying, Sunday go to the race. Are you kidding me? And like, you go to the
1: casino every single night. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna be, yeah, you yeah. can watch some sports
0: in front of some TVs. I'll be Dude, there.
1: Some of the sports books <laughs> in Vegas are unreal. Can you imagine Formula oh One there? It's goodness. gonna be insane. All right, that oh, would we'll hard for to get some topic, tickets, but I couldn't resist because I was so excited when I heard it. But like, you know, that's fantastic. It's just like, this is exactly what you you want. And look, you know, we've got a a little podcast about Formula One. We are not alone. These are everywhere now. People want to talk about it. The sport is exploding and it's awesome. As a fan, I am so stoked on it.
2: Especially getting the, the American market is insane. Like three races in the States compared to every other place only gets kind of one. It tells you how much this is actually growing and how much F1 does want to grab this market and really take a stranglehold on it. Take it away from NASCAR.
0: Yeah, we talked briefly about how, uh, you know, uh, Gunther Steiner was pulling rabbits out of the hat to keep that Haas team alive. And now being the only American team, yeah. having this kind of attention back, you know, in North America, the sponsorships, the 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 draw, it's just, I mean. It makes f- you wonder if, if Haas decides, like, I know
2: Gunther Steiner is coming. I actually kind of like, like him now. I hated him before. But yeah. it makes you wonder if they go to somebody that is American just to bring in Americans into one specific team.
0: How good does those, I mean, maybe you guys feel differently. Cause I know you're not crazy about the size of the, the, the tires, but how nice do those McLaren Google ads look. <laughs> oh my goodness. Just, They're So colorful. I had to shake my head when I saw that. I was like, come on, get out of here. They look so good.
2: Yeah. They well, look real good at the back of the pack. If though.
0: only, well, Norris, Hey, the Norris finished above Gasly this last race.
2: Okay. Yeah. By, by the way. Uh, okay. Sure.
0: Yeah. Gasly for some
2: reason was needing like emergency surgery in his, uh, in his car. Did you guys read about this? No. With 15 laps left. He said that every time he braked to take a left turn, it felt like his intestine was going to explode. So he said it was the hardest time of his entire life. The last five laps were the hardest time of his entire life. And he was literally screaming on the headset for like the latter half of the race.
0: Just because he was so uncomfortable?
2: It was no, he was just in so much pain. He had—he oh, went, went to a doctor right after. Jeez. I don't know what I've been trying to figure out because there's been no news on a, an update on him. But yeah, apparently, and you can go back and listen to the him and the director or the principal talking. And he's saying like, I'm in so much pain. I'm in so much pain. Get me wow. out of this car. Wow. Get me out of this wow. car. So, so that's interesting in though. though in place, why, didn't they pit, why didn't
0: they pit him? If, well, he wants the if, points. Well, yeah, but if a car is unsafe to drive, you're going to pit the no, car. No, the car
2: was safe to drive. Sure. The why,
0: if the, the driver is not safe in the vehicle, then they should be pitting.
2: Live faster, die young, my friend. Well, this is
0: what yeah. I asked last week. I said, <laughs> why? No, is
2: you asked that? if the car, is not, the car is not drivable, get it off the road. His, he was still able to because drive the it's car. unsafe for the he driver. Was just, he, was he was just, just in a ton of pain. Crazy. You know
0: who else is probably in a ton of pain? Magnuson, who is not used to having this much pressure on his neck or has not had that
1: <laughs> or much Hulkenberg. Did you see
2: those guys going down on the straight this week? Like, you could see Gasly and Magnuson, their car and their heads are just going blah, blah,
0: blah.
1: Yeah, oh, the porpoise was bad.
0: It was really bad. They're going
1: to have to keep figuring that out.
0: Okay. We've got another race coming up in two weeks from now, uh, April 9th, expect the Australian grand Prix. It takes two weeks to get down there. So that's why we're having a little break <laughs> guys. This is another fun race. Uh, Ricardo's hometown, uh, Melbourne. I think he's from Melbourne. Uh, he might not be, but, uh, it's his home country and it's always fun for him being down there. I'm sure it's fun for everybody else being down there. Cause, uh, uh, Well, why not? It's Australia. Uh, What do we? What should we expect from this? uh, From this race coming up here in Australia? Um, Well, I mean,
2: I I think like, uh, I think that you've got to expect Mercedes to be faster. They've got two weeks now to figure this out. Uh, We know at this point, Ferrari is going to be up there. Red Bull is going to be up there. um, Haas is going to be up there. And they did, like Schumacher didn't race this past weekend because they said if he if he gets in another. If he bangs something up again, he's not going to be able to race in Australia. So they were all in for Australia. Um, it's just it, it's Jordan said it earlier, like these guys have two weeks to figure this out now. So like they should be more prepared for this race than any other race, probably over the next month or so, um, because it's not just travel, practice, 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 go. It's they're, they got a week to kind of calm down, review everything from the past two weeks, and then go full fully into um, uh, the, the third race of the season. And it, it will be a good one. It's always a fun one. And, and the best part about it is it's at 10 p.m. on a Saturday night.
1: Yeah, oh, there it go. will be fun for nice. us in North America to have it because it will feel like a an evening. You could go out to the to the bar and watch it probably, but on um, Masters weekend, it's
2: a great weekend. Oh, there you go,
1: oh, you're set man, up, and you could go um, and
0: sit by a pool. <laughs> <laughs> where well, we go to well, Vegas? It, it oh, is yeah. Vancouver. It's almost, It'll <laughs> almost
1: be that that weather here in Vancouver, but the Albert Park Circuit in Melbourne is is an awesome track. It's a tricky track because there's a lot of um high high speed uh, sectors in it uh, and some tight turns the prost I think it's 15 at the very end is a very tight sort of turn you make two turns into the to the final straight which again is a nice little speed trap but we haven't been here since covid because this was the the last race or pardon me it was supposed to be the very first race of the 2020 season but it was the last place formula was uh, one was prior to, to COVID happening, they were setting up for the race. Uh, and then the, the plug was pulled as everything else shut down around the world. Um, and, uh, and so they haven't been back yet. So this will be fun. I think it'll be exciting. The crowds will probably be really excited to have them back um, much like some of the other races we're going to start seeing come back on the calendar, Canada uh, and et cetera. But it, it is really exciting to, to be back in Australia in a couple of weeks time. As you say, we'll see what these teams can do between now and then and, um, but I would expect some fireworks regardless, because this is one of those tracks that I know a lot of these drivers look forward to and enjoy driving. Um, it's not quite as twisty and turny as some of the other tracks we see. It's a bit more conventional, um, but it leads to some very good overtaking opportunities. And with these new cars, that should be a lot of fun.
0: Well, yeah, I've left it speechless. Hi. Oh.
1: Uh, I can. What do We can
2: talk about here. <laughs> I actually do have one more thing I want to fucking talk about. Uh, that is, I don't know about you guys, but if we can go back to Saudi Arabia for a second, Max Verstappen never stops fucking complaining. <laughs> but this the time it doesn't get to the race time. director. It doesn't even matter. Like just the fact that he's like he's behind um, Leclerc like three laps behind Leclerc. And he's going, his lights aren't working. His lights aren't working. Somebody called the FIA, his lights aren't working. He's like, dude, calm down. This is the last thing you should worry about. And then when he was behind Leclerc with like 10 laps to go, he's, oh, he passed the white line. He passed the white line. He's over the white line. He's over the white line. To the point where even Horner had to, to get on the, the, into his headset and be like, all right, man, just race the car. Let's just let us deal with this stuff. Just race the car. Like, I, it, dude, it drives me insane how much he complains.
1: Yeah, he's a he's a definitely a bit of a crybaby when he's not getting the race going the way he wants, and it makes it so much harder to root for him when he is successful because you just yeah. the rest of the time he's just complaining. Now, looks a lot of people would say the same thing about Lewis Hamilton. A lot of people would say the same thing about a lot of these guys because let's be honest, Hamilton always complains about his tires. He always complains. <laughs> he's he's always his tires. About, oh my! Something's God. wrong with <laughs> the car. Yeah, yeah, But
2: Verstappen's always complaining. Else, about yeah. Somebody else. And but that's the culture that's they've created there. Well, look at but that's the annoying part. Is like he's. Verstappen probably right now is the most gifted driver on the track. Probably. I I think we could all agree upon. Yeah. And so there's no reason for him to have to complain all the time. Like he literally just drive the car. Let someone else do that, man. Like just be you just be the guy that drives the car and people will love you. The fact that you are opening your mouth every two seconds to complain about something is not endearing
0: to anybody. Well said. Well said. And we will see how well that goes for him two weeks from now. uh, The Melbourne Grand Prix the australian grand prix but that's okay it says oh the track is the melbourne (laughs) grand prix circuit uh (laughs) and we've got uh qualifying obviously uh the friday which would be the oh it is friday friday it's friday because it's saturday friday night our time that's right
1: (laughs) it's weird Uh,
0: and practice uh the thursday night. night. Yes, uh, that's right. So watch out for those. Uh, we'll see, uh, we'll see who actually finishes this race, uh, in, in Melbourne. Uh, I can't wait for that. So, uh, uh we have predictions Are we can we do some quick predictions on this. Sure. A, Two weeks away. Let's do it. All right. Bye. We want to do predictions. We want to do predictions. Tyler, what are your predictions for the Australian grand prix?
2: I think for stopping wins again, but I also believe that Mercedes gets on the podium.
0: Jordan.
1: And that was going to be mine, too. I think George Russell's on the podium. But um, I would also say, uh, I think we see the continued success of Haas. And I would say Haas finishes in the top five, one of their drivers, probably Magnussen, because I don't know what shape uh, Schumacher's in.
2: You're, tripping, you're
1: drinking from the cup I usually drink from. Yeah, yeah. I'm drinking the Haas Kool-Aid for sure. Yeah. Well,
0: I usually drink the McLaren Kool-Aid, and that has not been very poison. tasty so far. <laughs> but I do think that we are going to see Ricardo up in the points at least uh, in Australia. And I think that, uh, well, just because I really want to see this, I want to see Carlos Sainz finish above Charles Leclerc. That'd be fun. All right. Uh, We will see you all two weeks from now after the Melbourne Grand Prix.
1: It's the Australian Grand Prix, but that's okay. I
0: thought I'd keep that in there. (laughs) And goodbye. That's amazing. Oh, thank you. Pitstop Podcast is a presentation of the Ordinary Podcasting Network. Thanks for listening.